Thanks for joining us here at Faith Assembly for our weekly podcast. We're so excited you're tuning in this week. To learn more about our church, you can visit us online at myfaithassembly.org. Join us live or connect with us on Facebook. I love that statement that Nancy made. If we are concerned for the things of God, then we should be involved in the process of electing uh, those who carry Christian values. And uh, this is what we get to be a part of. Uh, there was a, uh, a preacher from a time past who made a statement. He said, the only thing that evil needs to triumph is for righteous people to do nothing. And so uh, nothing is not an option. And so what we get to do is we get to pray and we get to vote. So we would encourage you tomorrow uh, on Monday, take time uh, to pray, even pray and fast, uh, a meal maybe, uh, specifically praying for God's direction and, and hand on our, on our nation, our state, some uh, key elections and decisions will be made here in these next coming days. But also as you pray, we have a link on the YouVersion Bible app uh, under the live events, or also in an email that's going to be going out tomorrow. We send out a weekly email. If you're not getting those weekly emails, uh, please fill out a Connect card. Let us know your, your uh, information. Uh, if you've done that already, check your spam. Uh, that might be in there as well. Uh, but uh, we'll be, we have that link, and it is the pafamilyvoter.com. And uh, it gives you a link and just really identifies some of the just principles, godly principles and values of of what is being considered, what what do we need to know so we can be informed making decisions. Sometimes we know candidates, and let's just be honest, when it comes to governor, uh, we none of those are in our district, our area. We don't know um, any of those names, and so we want to do some research, do some prayer. And so it's one of those things that, well, I don't know anybody, so I'm not going to vote. Uh, yeah, you do. You know the most important person, <laughs> God. And uh, so pray and ask God to give us wisdom and, and be informed. Um, we also have in our uh, in Pennsylvania uh, U.S. Senate seats that uh, will be filled, and so uh, it's important for us to pray. So Monday, pray, uh, uh, get some information, and then Tuesday, go and be a part of voting. So pray Monday, vote Tuesday, and uh, we get to be a part of of what God is doing. Uh, it is not for the preservation. What we do is not for the preservation of America as much as it is as it is for the proclamation of the gospel. It's proclaiming the, the gospel, the, uh, the, the hope that we have, and uh, because here's what's at stake, uh, that with instability comes insanity. That's the premise from what I want to talk about today. I, I want to just give a disclaimer. Um, this is not a political message. The, and, and I'll just tell you, uh, so if this sounds political, you're missing it. Uh, there's a difference between political platform and religious principles, or not religious, but godly principles. Um, and so uh, platforms come and go. How many know that? Platforms come and go, but principles, they remain, they stay. And so I want to I talk today, uh, because we're in this series called The Return. It's our Easter series. Anybody still filled with Easter hope and joy, the power of the resurrection? Come on, he is out of the grave. We are alive because he lives. We live too. I know Easter was a couple weeks ago, but don't lose the hope of what we have. And uh, when Jesus rose again, uh, he overcame the grave, and he not only made it possible for us to have victory over the grave, what Jesus did was more than a demonstration, it was a declaration, because on that day, he declared the day of the Lord's favor, just like Jubilee in the Old Testament, which every 50 years, the, the slaves were set free and able to return to their home where they belong. This is the picture of what Jesus did on the, on the day of, of his resurrection. He declared Jubilee, the day of the Lord's favor, that we have been set free, and now we can return to God. Sin separated us and kept us from God, but how many are thankful to Jesus Christ that the sin has been broken? that we have been set free. Now we get to get back where we belong. That's this series. And today I want to talk about uh, returning to the truths of, uh, of God's word. And, and in Jeremiah chapter six, um, this, is, this is a message that is not for uh, America. We're going to preach. Uh, I've just felt led to share it in this moment. Yeah, a little bit because it connects to us making some decisions in our country. But it's not about politics, it's about godly principles. And part of the returning is, is that we would return, the, the heart of, of God through Jeremiah was for the people to return to God, that they would come home to him, that they would be in relationship with him. And Jeremiah was the last prophet who, who preached to Israel, God's people, prior to Babylon's overtaking of, of uh, Israel. 
So Israel at this moment is about to go into exile. Now, Jeremiah is their last prophet, but how many know they didn't know he was the last one? You never know it's the last one until it's the last one. I want to say to someone today, you don't know if this might be your last warning. You don't know today if today is a moment that, that, that you're able to hear the truth of God's word, not from a man. Uh, yeah, God uses people to share his word, uh, but it's his spirit that is drawing you. It's the spirit of God that is speaking to you. Uh, what we preach here and what we share is not man's opinion, not, not our church's ideas. This is the word of God and the truth of God's word. And so you don't know today if this might be a final warning. Who knows? We don't know what tomorrow will bring. We don't know what days are ahead. But we know this, that God has good things in store for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. And so uh, I want to share this today uh, just as a, a call uh, to come back where we belong. And uh, in Jeremiah chapter 6, Jeremiah has been giving these warnings, and he's about 10 years in now preaching. They're like, we don't want to hear it. We don't like what you have to say. Shut up, Jeremiah. They put him in prison a little later. They just don't want to hear it. And um, in chapter 6 then, after about 10 years of, of Jeremiah preaching, uh, God gives this word, and I want to share it with us today uh, as a warning, not as a warning of God's going to get you, but as a warning of Man, God has great things in store, so stay on the path that God has for you uh, because his ways are good. Anybody know that? Well, his ways are good. Why don't you stand with me today? Jeremiah chapter six, tell your neighbor, tell him God loves you. Man, if you don't know the love of God, I hope you'll know because it'll change your life. It'll change your marriage. It'll change the way you parent. It'll change the way you treat your neighbors. It'll change the way you treat yourself. All right. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16, this is what the Lord says. Let me just highlight that. If this is God speaking, this is not man's opinion. So if you don't like this message, it's not because you don't like the preacher. It's because you don't agree with God. I'm just going to say it straight. Like, I mean, I could like preach a dud right now, but if this is what God says, it don't matter how good I preached it. <laughs> you can't ignore God's word. So, I thank God this is not a popularity contest. <laughs> Makes my job easy. <laughs> I don't have to preach for you to like me. I just got to preach what God says. I don't mind if you like me too. I mean, that's makes it a little easier, but this is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Travel its path and you will find rest for your souls. But you reply, nope. That's not the road we want. I posted watchmen over you who said, listen for the sound of the alarm. But you replied, nah, we won't listen. Therefore, listen to this, all you nations. Take note of my people's situation. Listen, all the earth. I will bring disaster on my people. It is the fruit of their own schemes because they refuse to listen to me. They have rejected my word. God, I pray today that we would not be found as those who reject your word, but Lord, I pray that we would have ears to hear, and God, that we would respond to what your spirit is saying. We pray this in Jesus' name. If you agree with that prayer, would you say amen? And on your way to being seated, just tell your neighbor, with instability comes insanity. With instability comes insanity. All right, here's the title of the message, because I know you all are like, I got to take notes, and I want to know a title so I can document this sermon and let you get your pen out and uh, give you the title of my sermon. Uh, here's, the, here's the title I want to preach from for the next couple minutes, Back to Our Senses. God help us to get back to our senses. With instability comes insanity. There's a date that you won't know the event by the date. The date was January the 2nd. 2022, just a couple months ago, January the 2nd, 2022. You don't know the event by the date, but when I give you the description of the event, you'll know, oh, that's the day that happened. That was a day that a former player that we would well identify with, that in the middle of a game, he took off his pads, his shirt, his jersey, threw them in the stands, and then in an odd and bizarre way, exited and left the, the middle of the game in an odd appearance and a weird demonstration. It was the day that you know that event, and it was the day that Pittsburgh Steelers fans, not our problem. It was the day that Antonio Brown, like, left 
the game and was now no longer in football. It was a moment that changed something so bizarre, insane. What was he doing? The world said, what's happening? What took place? That date was when he walked off. But there was another date that we don't really recognize as well. That date was January the 9th, 2016. You don't know the event by the date. But on that date, January the 9th, 2016, this same player who is with the Steelers at this time is running a post route comes across the middle of the field when he comes across the middle of the field Roethlisberger throws the ball it comes to him it's on target but at the same time as he spins he is hit with a head-to-head collision from a Cincinnati Bengal player at that moment he's knocked off his feet he's laid sent into concussion protocol taken out of the game before he walked out in a crazy event he was carried off because he was knocked off his feet I'm making a point today that anytime you have instability it gives way to insanity I could say that what what led to this and it's interesting that it was all the events that would look at this man's life I'm I'm speaking of it because it's public I'm I realize we don't talk about people but I'm giving you the context and perspective that everything that he did it was known in public of how odd and weird and the things that he did and how he treated people and things that he that happened he got cut on this team he couldn't even make it with the Raiders if you can't make it with the Raiders you're bad I mean like if you can't hang with the Oakland Raiders he can't hang with, with, the, with the Patriots. He goes on, and, and all this, this point, he loses the opportunity. We could say everything that was so odd and weird and what he did, but all of that list of events come after that 2016 event. Something happened that when he got knocked off his feet. Now, I'm not making excuses for the, for the, the crazy actions and behavior. I am making this connection in this point. That the enemy, anytime he can get you off of your grounding, will start getting you off of your thinking. That the enemy gets you off of your stability, will start taking you out of sanity. That the moment you become unstable, the moment you become unstable, it opens the door for insanity. There's a connection and I realize that, you know, there, there's, there's need to get help. And, and I'm, I'm putting that in context because if we were here to throw stones today, I would have just left it at, can you believe the guy did a crazy thing like that? But no, I told you the whole story. The crazy stuff didn't happen until after the hit that took him off his feet. I'm not making excuses. My point is saying this. There's an enemy that in our lives will always want to take you off of your good foundation and your solid grounding. Because if he can get you off your feet, he'll start getting you out of your mind. This is what was happening in Jeremiah's day. Jeremiah is speaking to the people and giving them warnings over and over. They had had allowed some just just crazy thoughts and ideas to come into their culture, into their time. They, they, they of course, are are still just hundreds of years before Jesus is coming on the scene. They have the promise of the Messiah. There's all that's in front of them, but things aren't going the way they think. They have it in their mind. It's not happening. So how many know when things don't go the way we think, we take matters into our own hands? And so they took matters into their own hands. And some of the things they did that were just crazy that instead of trusting God, they began to trust their enemies. Well, you say, how do you trust your enemies? Because they had multiple enemies. Of course you have multiple enemies. You are the, the, the called favored people of God. How many know if you're the called favored people of God, there's an enemy that don't like you? And so now they've got enemies all around them. So because things aren't going the way they thought, they make a deal with the enemy that likes them the most. Wait, none of them like you. Yeah, but at least these don't like us as bad. Do you realize what they're doing? They're making a deal. They're starting, you're like, okay, we don't have any friends and any allies. Things aren't good for us. So let's partner with the one that like us the most. Well, none of them like you. Well, they like us. <laughs> they don't hate us as much. So let's make a deal with who doesn't hate us as much. That's foolish. You would leave the truth of God's word. God says, I'll provide, I'll protect, I'll keep. And you're like, uh, it's not working the way I thought. So I'm gonna make a deal and go this route. It was even so foolish, and things that they started to do, they had prophets that would come and give them words of warnings and things of, hey, you need to change these ways. Come back to God. Don't walk in these foolish ways. Prophets would come along and say, hey, don't make these deals with these people. I know they don't like you. They they hate you less than the other people, but it's still not a good decision. And prophets would come along and say, hey, there's warnings. You know what they're like? We don't like what you say. Kill them, shut them up. We don't want to hear them. I mean, they were doing bizarre things like if we don't like what people say, we're going to cancel them and not let them say anything because we don't want to hear what we don't like. We don't want to hear. We we don't want to hear that. That doesn't agree with us. That's truth because we're stuck in the time of I just want to hear what my ears 
tell me what I like. Tell me the good stuff. You know, tell me that God loves me, God is for me, and wee. It's just, just tell me all the good stuff. I can tell you God loves you, God for you, but it's not always going to be wee. I mean, that's just the truth of the matter. Things aren't always going to just go the way I want. It's not always going to be just pleasant. I've got to trust God in every season, his ways, his truth. I've got to hold on to his promise. They're doing crazy things, making deals with the enemy that likes them more than the other or doesn't hate them as much as the other enemies. They're shutting down the prophets because we don't like what you're saying and you're messing up our vibe and our plans here, so stop talking. And they even went as bizarre as this. They sacrificed their children to the false gods of the people who hated them less. They sacrificed the gifts that God gave that would develop and enhance and carry on their future. They sacrificed their children to the gods of Molech who were made up gods made up by the people who didn't like them. That's stupid. I mean, that's just crazy. Forgive me for calling it stupid. I hope that doesn't sound like insensitive. But you don't know what they went through. I understand. But let's just call things what it is. You know, there's things I hear. And I sometimes don't like it. One of those is it. It is what it is. But sometimes when it is what it is, it is that. That's just dumb. Why would you, why would you throw away the, the promise of God, the hope that God gives to a made-up God who doesn't even like you? I'm, I'm, what is it that's taking place? Here is Jeremiah, and he's saying to them, hey, you're stepping in some insane places. You're, you're doing some things that are really just not making sense, and I'm not here to throw stones at you. I'm here to say to you, hey, you're walking in dangerous territory, so get back to the ancient paths that never change. Come back to the truth that never changes. Now, sometimes somebody can read this and be like, oh, my goodness, go back to the way it was done in the old. I've even had people say this. You know, pastor, it says go back to the ancient ways. We got to go back to the way we did things. Um, Jeremiah wrote that before Jesus came, so I don't think Jesus meant go back to the way you did church. Come on. That, that, that's not, it doesn't line up. It's not the ancient, that you, you're putting your own version. You, you're creating something that was ancient in your days. Listen, I'm not looking for what's ancient in your days. I'm looking for what the ancient of days has already set in motion. This is not go back to the way you did things. This is go back to the way that was truth and it was never created. Truth was not invented. Truth was not created. Truth was here from the foundation of the world. Truth has a name. His name is Jesus Christ. He is the ancient of days. He is the ancient doors. He will open up that the king of glory might come in. The one who is ancient is Jesus. Not ancient because he's old and outdone, but ancient because he was here before it all began. He was here from time, from the beginning. He set the course. This isn't go back to the way your grandma did it. I mean, I don't want to go back and wear the clothes they wore in the 70s. I mean, my kids do, but I don't want to. I mean, I, it, it's not go back to the way things were. It's go back to what always was and will never change and will always be. It's going to look different. I mean, I, I realize, you know, let's go back to the way we did church back when we didn't have lights. Bring your own candle. He's not talking about, I don't like the lights. I don't like the color. I don't. Can I just be honest with you? These lights are here today. Give it a couple more years. It'll probably be different lights. And by the time you finally like these lights, you're like, I want the old lights back. Ah. You know, platforms come and go. Principles stay. Platforms. Listen, this church is not political. Some of you are like, wait a minute. You sound political. No, these are godly principles. And what we try to do is we try to make them political and take sides. And we miss the whole part of what it is. The kingdom of God supersedes every, everything there is. I'm, I'm honoring and wanting to honor God, not because I'm trying to preserve America. I'm not even trying to preserve the gospel because the gates of hell can't even stand against the church. I'm not trying to do anything but honor and obey the one who gave me everything he has. And he's worthy of everything I've got. I do this out of my, our love and our relation. Well, we got to save America. Good luck, because that's a lot of work. I can't save America, but you know what I can do? I can lift up and honor the one who loves America, Afghanistan, Israel, Canada. I, I can lift up the one who calls all nations and all people. I, I can be a light to a world that is lost and broken. I want to say to us, God, help us to come back to our senses. Now, I'm going to make some statements here, just some parallels, not to throw stones. 
not political. I just got to set a course of we are in a culture and at a time like Israel with Jeremiah's day that we're looking and saying, whoa, we're asking some crazy questions. Now, this is the moment. Here's the disclaimer. Some people in the room are going to be like, I love this message. Other people in the room are like, I hate this church. So I just want to warn you, I'm about to offend everybody. I'm just kidding. Forgive me, I shouldn't have said that. I want you to know, I hope you don't love it too much and I hope you don't hate it. I hope you allow God to stir your heart. Say, God, search me, try me, know me. Help me to not line up with what I feel, with what I think, but help me to line up with what is your ancient truths. Not my grandma's religion, not my grandpa's. I mean, to be honest with you, I... I don't want my dad's church. I want his Jesus. I mean, the way, the way I grew up doing church was different. It wasn't wrong. I mean, culturally, it was just different. The culture of it was we showed up early, went to Sunday school. Oh, but I love those days. I know. But there's a, we didn't end it. Culture just changes and things. But we need to get back to the way we used to do. No, we need to hold on to the truth that never changes, so we might have to find a new way to do the old thing. Don't throw the old thing out, but don't ignore the new things. That go, Behold, I do a new thing. Do you not perceive it? So it might not look like it did, but I went to church with dad. We'd go to church Sunday, uh, got up, went to Sunday school. When you were done Sunday school, then you'd go into church, and then when you were done church, you went and took a nap, and then you came back for Sunday night church, and then you went back home, and you were just wasted the rest of the night. Not in a... Not, never. I know some of us like just recently saved, like, I want to go to that church. Like, no, 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 that's not what I meant. I, there, but I was filled with the Holy Spirit at a Sunday night service. And I know it's easy to think, well, nobody's accounting the presence of God because we don't have a Sunday night service. I can look at that and bemoan what we don't have anymore. Or I can look and say, God, what do you want to do new today? Because your spirit's not done moving. Your spirit's not done working. So even though it might not look different or it might not look the same, what is it that you want to do? Because you're still moving in 2022. You're still, you're still working. And so we're, we're, we're in this place, and I, I'm saying this to, to all of us. God, help us to know what it is, the paths that you want us to, to recognize, what it is that God is doing. Because here's what happens. When you have instability, when you're not on good ground, you start being in some bad headspace. With instability comes insanity. All right. Before I go to that, let me just give you this return thing. I forgot to set this up. Um. The prodigal son, he returns. If you know the story of the prodigal son, Jesus tells the story of, a, of a, a young man who says, dad, give me everything that's mine. I'm going on my own. I'm doing life my own. And so he goes on his own, spends everything he has, squanders it. The Bible says on prostitutes and wild living. He does life his way. He ha- runs out of money. That happens. Um, and then he is now, he sells himself to a pig farmer. He hires himself out to a pig farmer. The Bible says that the man was so low the, the prodigal son, so low, the one who left his father's house, so low that he desired to eat the food that he was feeding the pigs, the slop that the pigs ate. How many know that's crazy? Sin will take you to some crazy places. Sin will put you in some environments like, why am I settling for this? Why is this acceptable? Why am I? And here, notice the, the turning point that happened for this man, the prodigal son. In Luke chapter 15, scripture says this. Help me out, I don't have it memorized. Here we go. When he finally came to his senses, notice that. He finally came to his senses. What I want to say today, God, help us to come to our senses. Maybe there's some areas we have to say, God, challenge me. Help me to stay on that path that is, that is the old, ancient path. Not the old way of doing things, but the original, the one that never changes. He came to his senses and said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. I love the end of that story. He leaves and says, give me what I'm owed, and then he comes back, just make me one of your own. How many know there's a whole difference when you come to God with, God, give me what I deserve, but then you say, no, God, just make me one of your own. That's a whole different message and a whole different reply of the heart. But notice when he came to his senses, everything began to change. Because when you're on unsolid ground, when you're on unstable ground, you start walking a place of insanity. So let me just parallel Jeremiah's day with Israel to our day today. Again, this is not political. This is principle. 
godly principles. We have come to a place that we have allowed questions that now come up, and we all just have to be honest, okay? So here's some honest questions. That How does this occur today? Here's questions. Should an individual born one gender be able to identify and compete in competition reserved for the opposite gender? This is not a political statement. It's not picking up stones and it's not throwing. It's acknowledging the ancient principles that God made man, male and female. It's not political. The problem is we make it political. And if we make it political, then we turn it into options. The moment truth turns into options, it ceases to be truth. When truth gets diced into options, it ceases to be truth. You can't have Jesus and the world. Jesus said there is a way that leads to destruction and a way that leads to life. Narrow. The part that grips my heart is when he says, and only few find it. Because in the end times we're living in, the Bible says there'll be a great falling away. Why? Because they won't like what they hear and they'll only want to hear what they, oh, Jeremiah. We only want to hear what we, it's all good and I can do whatever I want and it'll just work out in the end. And we recognize, we get to places, this is not a statement of condemnation. This is a statement of evaluation to evaluate and say, I think we've lost some footing and some ancient paths that we need to hold on to. Some questions. At what stage of conception is it appropriate to end a baby's life? I'm not picking up a stone to throw. I'm grieving and saying, wow, we've lost our footing. And because we've lost our footing, we're now asking some crazy questions. Because we've lost our grounding and our footing, we're asking some questions that, oh God. That he says, I created you while you were in your mother's womb. Jeremiah, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. That he is the author of life. That God creating all things in his image. We ask questions like, is sexual intimacy reserved for a man and a woman committed to holy matrimony? There's the question of, is it appropriate of men or same sex, but we bypassed even the bigger question because we've lost the ancient paths and we forgot to even say, sex belongs inside of marriage. Sex is reserved for a husband and a wife. And you're like, wait, Jason, you're being old school. No, I'm, I'm digging up the ancient paths that this is not, this is not political statement. This is principles that if you turn it into multiple choice, you eliminate truth. If you dice it up and say pick and choose, you get to customize and make, then you miss truth because now you become the creator and you can't have a God and be a God at the same time. You can't have a savior and be your own Lord. You can only have a savior to the one you surrender to be your Lord. We, we, we bypass and, and we allow ourselves to, to come into, into places and, and they step into areas and I get it, I know it's like, but that sounds like old school, sounds like grandma's church, sounds like whatever. No, it's not old school. It is the original. He's saying don't go back to the old ways. He's saying go back to the ancient ways, which this is not just the way they used to do it. Back when my day, this is go back to the way God designed it from the very beginning, the way he created things, the way he set, when he set Adam and Eve in order and put things in place, go back to the ancient ways and here's what makes it ancient because it's original. It's not just old. How many know there's a difference between old and original? 
There's a difference between old and original. And if in your mind you're like, oh, that's old school, you're missing it. This isn't old school. This is original. If you think sex is good, you ought to try it the way God designed it. Got a couple of amens on that. I'm just <laughs> Here's my, 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 my point is this. God is not trying to stifle and hinder. God is saying, no, I created for my good, or for your good, for my glory. Try it God's way. Do life God's way. Yeah, but, 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 but the, the approval, all the stuff that we can try and get, God's way. So, give yourself to the ancient paths, the ancient truth. All right, I want to move on. I think we survived. Nobody threw anything. Nobody. This is why Jeremiah says, stop at the crossroad and look around. Ask for the old and godly way and walk in it. Travel its path and you will find rest for your soul. In too many circumstances, we ask, where is God? Because life happens and we have circumstances. We ask, where is God? And the reason we ask, where is God? Because there are moments in life that we feel like God has abandoned us. Raise your hand if you've ever felt like God has abandoned you. I am once again not showing you how to raise your hand. I am raising my hand because I have felt at times that God has abandoned me. But you're a preacher. So what? What's your point? I have felt. Notice the key word, felt. So in those moments, I can't ask where's God because what I'll end up doing is I'll try to fix how I feel by trying to make myself feel better. And how many know to fix one feeling with another feeling is just to create another problem? So the question is not where is God when I feel like God has abandoned me. The question is not where is God. The question is where is truth? Because in my moments of feeling, it feels like God has abandoned me. But guess what I do? I look down and I brush off the dirt and I remind myself I am standing on the ancient paths. And it might feel like God has abandoned me. But even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, this path that I'm walking on, he knows how to bring me through the valley. He's with me. My God will never leave me or forsake me. And so I might feel one way, but I'm not going to ask where'd God go. I'm going to ask where's truth because if I keep myself in truth, how many know I'll always stay in him? When I keep myself in truth. So when you walk in a place, and I know we're tempted, God, where are you? God, why are you allowing this to happen? God, why are you taking my loved one? God, why is this going on in my life? God, what are you doing? God wants you to ask the question, not God, where are you? God, where's truth? Because if you find truth, you'll find him. But if you try to find God, you'll just try to make yourself feel better. Because when you ask where's God, you'll just end up in a negative way, just trying to qualify just for, well, you know, it's okay, I feel this way. You just try to make yourself feel better by talking yourself out of one feeling into another feeling. Come on, somebody tell me I'm telling the truth today. Come on. You'll just talk yourself out of one feeling to another. But when I ask God, what is, where's truth? Where's truth in this matter? Well, Jason, you feel a certain way, but your feelings better not lead you. You better know where the ancient path is and stand on the ancient path because the way you feel today is, is going to change. Don't go by feeling. How many know one day you feel like telling your spouse how much you love them, another day you feel like telling them, I don't know what you feel like telling them. <laughs> I mean, if our marriage is stuck on feelings, how I many know we're in trouble? But give it time. It's like Florida weather. It'll pass. Right? Just, why? Because feelings come and go. But the ancient path, the truth, what we hold ourselves to, we, we stand upon this. How do we return to the truth? Because God help us. We got to get back to our senses. Because if we don't have stability, we'll have insanity. And how many would recognize we're already going there? But just because the world's going insane doesn't mean the church has to. Just because the world goes crazy doesn't mean the church has to. Let me tell you what else the church will not do. We will not pick up stones and throw at the people that we don't agree with because of what they're doing. But they are... The only one who could throw stones never picked one up. So this church is not, well, we don't act like that. We don't talk like that. We're, we, God bless God. We are the ones we are. We got it all together. Your deodorant stinks. Put it down. You don't have it all together. You know what I've got? Oh, he took my feet out of the miry clay and set them on a rock. And I'm standing on the rock 
of Jesus Christ. That's the, that's the hope. Let me give you some things. How do we stay on the path of truth? Here's number one. We've got to learn to be still. He says these words, stop at the crossroads, stand at the crossroads. We cannot regain sanity without first establishing stillness. We've got to learn to be still. Here's what we do in our culture. Busyness creates distraction. The busier I am, the less I have to deal with the stuff I don't want to deal with. I'm just busy. Busy is a four-letter word. I used to tell people I was busy, and uh, my, my church mom, Judy, she showed me a paper one day. She said, you see this paper has margins. Where are yours? That and the Holy Spirit did a thing for me. I quit saying busy. So if you come to me and say, Pastor, I know you're busy, I'm like, I rebuke you and get behind me, Satan. <laughs> okay, I don't do that completely. But I will tell you, no, I'm not. Because if I'm busy, then I'm doing the work. But if I'm obedient, he's working through me. See, I like to wrap myself up in busy because I'm busy, busy, busy. Guess what that was? That was my identity. If I can tell you how busy I am, how effective I am, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I lead this, I lead that, I'm doing, if I want to feel better, I identify what am I doing. Well, God wants to convict me. Oh, God shouldn't convict me because I'm doing things. I'm going to church. I'm doing things. I get all wrapped up. Guess what I am? I am a dead man walking in my grave clothes because my identity is what I'm wrapped up in. But I'm of this party. I ride the donkey. I ride the elephant. I'm... I vote this, I'm concerned, I do, our identity is all wrapped up in who, in what we do. My, the Lord gave me freedom in that, because my identity is not in my busyness and what I do, because my busyness is a distraction that doesn't allow the Holy Spirit to expose what he wants to do in my life. But what changed it was being at a place of being able to say, God, I don't want to just be busy and distracted. I'm not identified by what I do, by what I lead. I'm not identified because I lead Faith Assembly. Can I, I, I love this church, but I've already settled in my heart. I don't have to be the pastor of this church to be effective. That was, I mean, there might be some in the room like, oh, is he gonna leave? And others in the room like, oh, is he finally leaving? And I don't know where you might be, so I don't know. So I don't want to open up any can of worms there, but I don't plan on going anywhere. So hold your applause or booze, whatever. Uh, but I've already reserved to this, God, this church is not about me. And my identity is not about this church. My identity is in I know who I am and who I belong to and who created me and I know that I'm loved of God. That sets me free. You know how I got there? By learning how to be still. Still, But you know what kept me from that? I'm preaching, I'm serving, I'm working, I'm winning, I'm doing, I'm leading. I'm... Notice the common denominator there. Uh, you know, the opposite of distraction is discipline. And let's be honest. Distraction is much easier than discipline. Discipline makes me deal with the wrong wants in my life that need to be addressed. But if I can stay busy, if I can point to, yeah, but I, yeah, let me tell you how I, but I speak in tongues. But I cast out demons. But I perform miracles. And Jesus said to them, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Depart from, because you're all wrapped up in your, but I lead, I have. I believe this church is being set free from people having to lead ministries, have a title, have a position. This church is just filled with a whole bunch of servants who love Jesus Christ and just want to see the King of King glorified and honored and worshiped and praised. That's what I love about what God is doing in this house. This is a house of servants. All right, be still. Uh, it's important. Uh, the, the scripture, of course, David said in different places, be still, wait on God. He says, be still and know that I'm God. Here's number two. In, in learning to be still, we're at a place that we also uh, learn. Help me out here. I don't have it memorized. Boom. There it is. Okay, yeah. Sensitive. Um, he says here, look around and ask. The more you're aware of your surroundings, the more sensitive you become to what's around you. There needs to be a sensitivity. When we become still, 
we, we become more sensitive. We, we become exposed to the things of God, and it develops a sensitivity. Sensitivity is important to walk in the, in the ways and the truth of God. There's, there's the, uh, the exposure that when we're still, we become exposed to the things that are around us, kind of like going to the dentist. Have you ever had one of your, the roots of your teeth exposed to cold water while in the dentist chair? You turn Pentecostal real quick, like, woo, like shouts of glory. And you felt that. Why? Because there was an exposure, and that, res- that exposure created a sensitivity. It's just like that. But worse for me in the dentist chair. Uh, there is, there's the sensitivity that gives the exposure, just like Moses. When Moses had an encounter with God, he was on the, the backside of the mountain in the, in the desert. He sees a burning bush. God says, come closer. But if you remember in, in the, the scriptures, God says to Moses, take off your shoes because you are standing on holy ground. I, the significance of what God was saying to him was the place you're walking is different than you, where you've ever been. So take off your shoes so that the soles of your feet can develop sensitivity to the place you've never been before. You know what it feels like to walk with shoes in other places, but I want you to know what it feels like to walk with your souls exposed to my presence, to what I'm doing. I want to ask you today, what do you need to take off so your soul can be more sensitive to God's presence? What needs to come off so that you can be more sensitive to God's leading, to God's moving? The issue is not to be sensitive, because I got to be honest with you, we are already sensitive people. I mean, well, how do I know we're sensitive? Because we live in the age of offense, which, by the way, Jesus said in the last days, people would be offended. They would hate one another. That word, hate one another, is offense. Do you think we're there? This is where we live. And so we already know we're sensitive. So the issue is not be sensitive. The issue is make sure you're sensitive to the things that are right. It's kind of like a satellite dish. I had a satellite dish before I got cool and got internet TV with no cable box. I don't know why that sounds cool, but that's the commercials. It sounded like I was cool, but it didn't sound as cool coming out of my mouth. Anyway, I had a satellite dish, and that satellite dish could pick up signals, but it was intended to pick up a certain signal, and it only worked when it was focused in the right direction. Let me ask you, what is the sensitivity of your heart focused on? Because we're already sensitive. We're sensitive to things like being approved. We're sensitive to things like being liked. We're sensitive to things like being correct and right. We're sensitive to things of being happy and protected. All of that stuff's not bad, but what we need to be sensitive to is righteousness because the Bible says in Matthew chapter six, seek first, above all else, seek the righteousness of God. Seek first the righteousness of God, his kingdom and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you when you allow the sensitivity to be. So don't walk in the path of what do people think? Don't walk in the path of, well, what, what, what's culture say? Don't walk, walk in the path that says, this is the truth of God's word, his, his word, his truth that never changes because if you seek first his purpose, his principle, his kingdom, how many know his promise is that he'll bring everything else in our direction when we seek first the kingdom of God. There needs to be a sensitivity if we're gonna be in a place of walking in truth. Here's, here's number three. Not only is it a sensitivity, but we've gotta be surrendered. This is the distinguishing factor between the religious and the righteous. Religious people know what to do. Righteous people do it. Notice he said, seek and ask which way, where's the ancient way? And then he says what? Walk in it. Walk in it. It doesn't matter if you know the right way and don't do it. The Bible says if you know what you ought to do and don't do it, that's sin. It's to walk in it. It's when we walk. It's, it's the act of surrender. It's stepping into that place that God has called and set for us to be. There, there's so many that have a desire to walk with God, but I don't know if you've noticed this. It takes more than want. Uh, someone said to me one time, he said, Pastor, it was talking about someone who came into our church and God radically saved them. Uh, they are off drugs. They're no longer dealing drugs. They attend this church. They're part of our leaders, uh, part of our serve team, and their life has been turned around. A family member of theirs that I saw said, uh, hey, my uh, family member goes to your church. Said, Man, it's so exciting to see what God's doing in his life. He said, God didn't do that. He wanted it. I don't know how good your wanter is, but mine's not that good. I mean, I've wanted to lose weight. And if only want would make it happen. I mean, you must have a real big want if your want can just change it. You mean to tell me he got off drugs because he wanted to? Woo-hoo-hoo. 
glory and power to him. No, you just want to reject the power of God in your life, so you got to find another reason to make it line up, and your reason is he just wanted it. Good luck with just wanting it. No, the difference is he surrendered to it. There are many people who have wanted. I didn't ask for permission, but I'm going to say it anyway because I've said it in the other services. This young man who sits over here, his name is Dave. Dave has been a part of our church for a number of years, but Dave has recently reconnected to the church. Not calling him out, but I'm going to say it. He loves me. I love him. We good? We're good. He'll tell his story in full detail, but I've watched this kid come to church, leave church. Sorry, just saying it like it is. I've watched this kid come. I've known him for a long time. I've known him for many years. He would come to church. He'd leave church. He'd come for a little bit. I'm like, oh, cool, Dave's back. <laughs> Where's Dave? Dave's gone. I don't see Dave. Oh, Dave's not in a good place. Hey, Dave's back. And I got to be honest, there are moments I'm like, uh, Dave's back. Not because I'm afraid of Dave being back. It's like, God, what is it going to take? What are you, you going to do? Can I tell you, Dave has been here going on three years now. And he has not, not only has he not left, his life has been transformed. He is now bringing people to Jesus. His life has been set free. He is in a whole different place than he's ever been. I love what he said to me. He said, Pastor, he said, I always knew God. He said, but I finally surrendered. Oh, God, I finally surrendered because I was around the path. Oh, I like the path. That's a nice path. Oh, I don't know. I'll pick and choose when I want the path. Do it how I want to do it. And in many lives, and there's many of us, we, we just, we'll pick the path. Eh, oh, I'm on the path. Ooh, I don't like that. Getting off the path. I'm on the path. Ooh, that offended me. I'm off the path. Da, 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 I'm on the path. And what's the difference between those who are on the path and those who stay on the path? The difference is this. When the will of God becomes greater than your want. When the will of God becomes greater than your want, it's no longer your want anymore. It's now, oh God, I can't help but surrender my life because I recognize what you have done. I'm never an alcoholic. I accidentally drank beer at my grandfather's picnic because I picked up the wrong cup at the age of eight and had a sip of beer. Now, if some of you are like, oh, you're so holy. No, my point is, I didn't have to be an alcoholic to know what God delivered my family from. I was the son of an alcoholic. It was enough to know the stories of what God did in my family's life. I didn't need to get off the path and figure it out. I had enough in me to say, God, I know what my uncle did. I come from a messed up family, y'all. I got two family members that are uncles. The day my uncle married his third wife, she stabbed him when they got home. I come from a messed up family, y'all. I don't say that in pride. I'm telling you, alcohol ruined my family. But Jesus restored. Don't look at me and say, man, you must come from good genes. Oh, the spirit of suicide that God had to break over my grandfather. Oh, if you only knew. If you only knew what my mom, the troubled spirit. Oh, but Jesus. I'm on a rock, and I'm telling you what, I'm staying on an ancient rock. So before you think I come from a line of family that have it all together, I come from a line that has humanity all over it. But I come from a line that's been set free by the blood of Jesus Christ. The old is gone and the new is coming. Guess what? It comes through surrender. I don't have this all figured out. I didn't walk in more freedom until I was in my 30s. I shared some of that before. Why? Because I was wrapped up in my religion. I know how to preach. I know how to... We need to do the old things. I, I was convinced. Like, we got to go back to the old ways. The Holy Spirit's like, come on. Just stay on the ancient paths and the truths of my work. Quit trying to protect and preserve your ways. You can't defend my church because the gates of hell can't even prevail against it. 
I don't need to protect his church. Hello? God doesn't need me to protect anything. I'm not a protector. I'm a servant of the God who says, I'll build my house. I'll build my church. I'll do the work. You just stay on the path. All right. Here's the last thing that he says, you'll find rest. God, help us to be satisfied. And when I stay on that path, there's peace. And I'm telling you, there's such a peace. I already shared some of that. And the peace is that I know who I am in Jesus Christ. Come hell or hard water, I don't want any of it, but I know in whom I believe. And fear doesn't have any control on me because I belong to Jesus. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It just changes everything. Um, I wish this path meant that you'll never have problems. I'm gonna walk through valleys. Just yesterday, uh, I had a wedding in Lancaster County. Uh, and so while I was out there, Jody has been with her mom for the last number of days or, or uh, weekends. So if you haven't seen her around, we're still good. She didn't leave me. Um, she's being a caregiver to her mom every couple of days. Mama's dying uh, of pancreatic cancer. You're like, where's your faith? Oh, no, this is my faith that uh, we have hope in Jesus Christ. And um, so I, I share that, you know, as public knowledge, we pray for what our family's going through this season right now. And uh, my mother-in-law was, was with her last night before um, uh, coming here, uh, coming back back home. And uh, I said to her, just in checking on her, I said, Mom, you need anything? And, and uh, my mother-in-law, uh, who is now weakening and her face sunk in and and with a weak voice, she says, nah, I'm, I'm good. And she smiled with as much strength as she had. And she said these words. It was so profound. She didn't mean for it to be prophetic, but Holy Spirit just got me in that moment. She said, she smiled and she said, I'm not in good shape, but I'm good. Ooh. When she said those words, I felt the Spirit of God. I said, Jason, you'll have moments in life. I'm not in good shape. I'm walking through a valley. I'm walking through a lonely place. I'm walking through a place I feel like God is a man. I'm walking, I'm walking in some places I don't want to be right now. I might not be in good shape, but I'm good. Why? Because I'm standing on the ancient path that'll never change. I'm walking on the way that will always prevail. He'll bring me through. His word is truth. I'm standing on his promise. Would you stand with me all across this room? You might be walking through something today. You say, I'm not good. I'm not in good shape, but I'm good. If you're here today, you say, I need to surrender my life to Christ. I've been walking in my own direction. I'm going to simply count the three. And you're saying today, you've been, you've been near the path. You have ideas of it. You like it. But you haven't stepped in and surrendered to build your life on Jesus Christ. With every head bowed and every eye closed in this moment, you're here and just... I'm going to count to three, and on the count of three, you just simply raise your hand. You say, today, Jason, I, I need to return to my senses. And what I mean by that is I need to come to a place of my foundation is Christ. Where there's instability, there comes insanity. God, help me to walk in stability.